One thing about you guys is, uh, and then the type of music that you make is, uh, there's a lot of energy in it. And um, part of that, I would say, is, is kind of the, the, the live performance and what you get back from the audience. That's a big part of what you do. So having that missing or, or at least, uh, yeah, halted for, for a year and a half now almost, what, was, what has that been like? Um, I think just a big part of it was just, um, finding substitutes for it. Like I just work out a lot more and like go for okay. long runs and like, um, you know, just like, yeah, do like YouTube workouts and stuff like that. <laughs> and then just like, um, yeah, channeling like a lot of energy into writing lyrics and thinking about lyrics and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's just been tough at the same time, really. Like I can do all of those things, but there's no substitute for like human interaction. And sometimes it feels like, you ever, have you ever been like missing an iron? Like you haven't had enough iron or like enough protein. And so you feel, you eat a whole meal and you're still hungry, but you can't figure out why. Mm, That's what sure. it feels like. It's, it's, it's what I'm feeling today. I, yesterday I wasn't feeling well, so I ate very little and now I'm eating, but I'm still hungry all day. <laughs> That's what it feels like. You know something's wrong, but you, no matter what you do, you can't quite scratch the itch. Mm. Well, one thing about this, and, and which I find interesting, because uh, I've heard you speak about uh, your your early days going to a lot of gigs to both of you, um, but now that you are on the other side, where where you are the ones creating music, do you get the chance to to still go to all those gigs, at least when it was still possible? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, so much of my social life revolves around going to gigs. All my friends will be going to gigs still. So if I want to see my friends, I have to see those bands. On tour, it's a bit harder because, um, you know, you're a bit busy or preoccupied and stuff. But when I'm at home, like the way the way that we all meet up with each other is to just go to gigs and, um, and then get drunk afterwards. <laughs> For both of you then, uh, do you ever need a time out from music? Um, I, I think for me, music is my time out. And now um, I'm like, holy fuck, what can be my time out now <laughs> that I need a time out from music? So I just find different ways to find like a time out within music. I'm like, all right, I need a time out from punk and rock music now. This is where I go and shit like that. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> yeah I, I thought it was somebody else, something else coming. Um so before we jump into the album then, uh, what has been the lead up to the album been like? Because uh, the first album was re released, was very much uh, received quite well, I think. You, you got to tour a lot, you got to, to get a bit of recognition here and there. So what has been the, the lead up to the new album? And especially for you as well, Declan, I th I, from listening to the album, it, it sounds like your guitar playing has, has really uh, took some steps let's uh, let's say oh well thank you um well like the lead up to recording the album yeah it was almost entirely different to how it was recording the first album we were on the road for so long and that's how we workshopped all of our songs when we were playing the gigs that we were playing on tour and then um yeah for this album like we had so much more time to sort of write and i guess in a way, even though we did much spontaneous, we had like a lot of more time to think about our music, but I don't think we've, not to say that we did heaps of that, but um, yeah, I guess like 
um, we sort of went in with a, it's also really nice going into the studio and not exhausted from touring this time mm-hmm. as well. So there was sort of like, um, sort of like excitement to sort of get in there and record as opposed to like the first album when it was almost like we were on the end of our tether, just like pretty much exhausted from touring so much. Mm. Was it part of the kind of the, the whole COVID thing that you had more time to, to focus uh, on things and then kind of, uh, how would you say the, the kind of uh, not nitpick, but, but delve into stuff a little bit more? Yeah, I guess so. So like um, with COVID, when COVID happened and the rehearsal studio stopped, we hired a storage space so that we could sort of um, do a, do all of our practice and writing in there and then um yeah i don't know i feel like amy benefited the most from covid and being able to work on her skill and her lyrics and her flows and phrases and stuff yeah and just like i said your your uh, guitar playing as as uh, i would say improves uh, in, in terms of the lyric writing amy you just mentioned focusing more on uh, lyric writing how do you see your development as a lyricist um, I don't know, but I know I can tell that it's better. And I, to the first album, from my perspective, as as the person writing it, I'm definitely like album number two is better. It's more genuine. It's more my brain currently. Um, it's more cynical, but also more defiant and like hopeful, mm. in like probably like a nihilistic way. Um, but I think I still like articulate feelings in like a simple digestible way, um, without like over fucking over like pretentious, making them pretentious or anything, but just like articulating feelings in, in a, yeah, in, in a simple way that makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, was there anything that changed from last time around where you felt more confident or felt more, um, able to be vulnerable about your own thoughts? Um, not really, because I feel like even with the first album in my brain, I was being as authentic to what I was at that time with like the skill set that I had. Um, cause again, like before this band, I've never been in a band and, and I, you know, I'm still like, I'm only 25 right now. So I was pretty young back then and like still just like finding out and I'm still am now, but even more so back then, like figuring out what kind of like musician I want to be and what kind of noises I want to come out of my mouth. So I feel like this time around, it's like, it's, it's the same, it's the same formula, but I'm just like a bit better of a mathematician now, basically. But is, is that then true for the entire band that, that you're pretty much the same band as you always were, but on, on every front you've kind of improved uh, a lot over the years? I think like, yeah, we've, we've, you, ha- you can't help but improve if you want to sort of tour as much as you we have and been so far from home for so long. You just end up changing in so many different ways. Like, I think, yeah, like, it's not like we- there was heaps that we did wrong on the first album or anything, but you just sort of learn, like, oh, like, I'd like to do this different this time. So, like, I was, like, a lot more conscious of that. Like, say there was something really fucking hard, to do on the first album playing that live every time is a bit of stress around that you know what i mean so like i guess like personally like making things a little bit simpler easier stuff like that mm. and being part of the music industry in that capacity uh 
can you share something that that was a learning moment uh, in the maybe the last uh, well before the whole COVID thing, but maybe in the in in the year of touring before that? Um, well, like I think that for me, the biggest lesson that I ever learned was watching King Gizzard tour when we mm. supported them, and just seeing like how tight they were and how hard they worked, and what it means to be on the road for a month around a country that you're not from you know what i mean so that was a real eye-opener seeing how they worked i guess hmm. and then um yeah and then i mean i'm still just trying to learn how to do laundry on tour and stuff <laughs> Does it, yeah Does it, touring i've never toured uh, obviously but it seems like a tricky thing did you was it easy to get used to early on for the both of you I, well, I think like my, I didn't really have like a comfortable living condition at home. I didn't really value like a clean made bed and a well-cooked meal. I was like, yeah, sick takeaway. And who cares if I haven't changed my sheets once this year. So like touring, touring and like having like a different hotel room every night. I was like, oh, this is nice. Like I could get used to this bit of catering. You get to try all the fast foods around the world. And yeah, like I wasn't like in a relationship with anyone back in Melbourne. So I was like, there's nothing for me here. I'm just going to become a tourer. This is sick. <laughs> uh, that's good. And the other side of, of, of that, I would say is um, there, there, there comes some notoriety with, with doing well in music. There people, people know who you are. People have uh, yeah, opinions about you. And they, perhaps this is where a song like Laughing comes from. But for, for you, especially, uh, Amy, being the front person of the band, what, what was that like that people all of a sudden kind of knew about you? Um, it's pretty bizarre. I still haven't wrapped my head around it completely. But at the same time, it's just normal to me now. And that's just a part of like my existence is that... Mm a couple of people know who I am a bit more than what they did before. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. It's, I can't really um, quantify it or, or understand it right now. But if, for, for instance, a song, maybe I'm wrong in this, uh, but if a song like Laughing, is, is that where it comes from? Kind of the fact that people all of a sudden kind of have their opinions about you? Yeah, definitely. Just in, yeah, in general, it's like I'm constantly um, navigating other people's opinions and perspectives and judgments, criticisms, compliments. Um, laughter, not understanding why I make decisions. And like, that's the main thing. Like a lot of people just don't understand the decisions we make. And like um, people criticize people for the naivety, but in the end, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. And I am naive and I will make mistakes and I do make mistakes and people can laugh at them, but I'm learning and I'm learning fast because I make, I'm not afraid to make mistakes. And um, yeah, I think that's like, it, that's so bizarre to me. That's such a big criticism. Mm. Um Again, it's not a like I don't have any problem with criticism because sometimes it's helpful and like it will you can be like, oh yeah, I fucked up there and that's good somebody let me know. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we cop a lot of it and um it's important that people remember that I don't know who they are and I don't know why they think they know who I am either. <laughs> right. Well, there's a line in choices as well. Uh which I really like, you aren't aware of what I'm uh, looking for in my life, which is basically that the notion of, because we live in an age where people tr try to tell people how to think or what to do uh, in, a, in a sense. But that, that really captures that idea that you don't know what I'm looking for. You don't know how I want to live my life. So 
as a band, as a collective group, have you always had that kind of uh, uh, devil may care attitude? Like, I'm just going to do, do me and, and I don't care about what other people think. Yeah, pretty much. I think it's not, it's like, it's so complicated though. Cause it's like, I do care what people think. I don't mm. want to ever hurt anybody or anything, mm. but I don't care. If, I don't care what like society thinks. And I think like, I think it's mainly just like encouraging critical thinking and going like, I don't agree with that thing that you want me to do because of this, this, and this reason, rather than just like a blanket kind of like rebellion, just going like, fuck everything and fuck everyone. It's more like, but why should I, why can't I wear a bikini top? And like, but, but why can't I, um, I don't know what, I, why can't I say what I think if it's not hurting anyone like that kind of thing. Right. And, and for you, Declan, because, uh, I'm guessing Amy, you're, you're still the one who does all the lyrics, but do you, do you discuss these, these topics, these themes and, and Declan, do you have a, a favorite bit of lyric on the album, on the new album? Oh, uh, shit, man. Don't put me on the spot. I can't remember. <laughs> Come on, Declan. Um, but I remember the first time I read Jip, Jip Rock and Gum Trees, I was very impressed. I think, like, very simple things that like that that have such strong imagery I've always appreciated in other people's music. I think when you can create, like, a strong image, especially of – our Australian culture, I think it's mm. so important. Like seriously, just before this interview, I was listening to was that song This Is Australia, Sounds of Then. <laughs> yeah. And there's like lightning. We watched the lightning crack over the cane fields, crack laugh and think this is Australia. I was literally just listening to that. And so when I saw like Amy do like Jip Rock and Gum Trees, I was like, oh fuck, like that's sick. Like that's an Aussie identity and that's my fucking band right there. That's sick. So <laughs> I love that. And then like as well, like um, the whole song Knifey, I think is so beautifully crafted. Um, and that's the thing, like I've heard Amy try and explain it to people. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like it probably doesn't make sense to people straight away, but I guess because I know Amy, like Amy like so well, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what she's saying here. And I think this is like really awesome and really well articulated. Mm. And I really like as well um, Capital, um, yeah, like I'm really proud of Amy having a, a a strong voice about like you know the bushfires and capitalism and stuff like that. It's um, it's awesome when you can like make cool music and stuff. But when like you really believe in what your singer is singing around about, it just adds like a whole level of pride that, I mean, you know, makes it all seem heaps better. Hmm. Well, the, the capital was one, one of those that stuck out for me as well. So for you, so for you, Amy, what what gave rise to that song? Um, I guess it was just a spell of a, a bunch of thoughts and feelings. But when I started writing that song, it was, um, yeah, end of 2019. So Australia had like really bad bushfire season. Right. I don't know if you guys heard much about it over there, but there was like, it was really awful. And there was like so much burning and so much, um, yeah, just like so many wildlife died and so many people lost their houses. And even in before we knew anything about COVID or any kind of even, murmurs of COVID we were wearing masks in Melbourne because the bushfire smoke was so bad um and there wasn't much like financial support for a lot of those people too I don't know if it ever came back around again but like all the pretty much the whole music community like got together to raise money for the bushfires and, and then three months down the track we were the same people who got completely fucked over mm. when it came to like um like yeah just COVID and stuff but um 
yeah, it's just like a swell of emotions and thoughts about like the political climate in Australia. And it's all pretty entry, entry level, like scratching the surface, but it's all stuff that is like real and like affecting and like even just like Indigenous incarceration rates, I think um, they make up such a large percentage of the people in prison down here, but yet they're only 3% of the population. Um, and it just goes to show like how fucked it still is here and like kind of is being based off of that. And even though I'm really proud of like this land, it's like there's a lot of evil that goes on here. Um, and just like capitalism in general, it's kind of like a big joke. And, um, you know, just like basic philosophy about kind of like what is the meaning of anything and like what, why do we do what we do and what are we actually doing? And it's all just like, um, like a herd illusion that we decided was all right and all good. And you can't, I, I personally don't feel like I have much power in changing anything or resisting much. And I'm kind of like, even if I have issues with stuff, I kind of just 90% of my functioning towards it is doing nothing. And I'm just a part of the river and I'm just doing it. And I'm just as fucked up as everybody else. Um, and I, I also do things for money and I also do crazy things for money that are questionable and like, but it's like so does everybody, and I just think it's bizarre and funny and worth mentioning in a song. Right, it's it's, it's uh, it kind of describes the human condition because, as you say, a lot of people uh, deal with uh, those kind of thoughts and those kind of uh, yeah, the, contemplating whether you should do something and then and how we treat each other and the environment. Um, in terms of the music, then, because as I said, I think the guitar playing is 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 as greatly imp improved. And not bashing the, the previous album, I just think it, it got really uh, better. Um, in terms of song structure and those kind of things, did did you take a different approach, or did you did what was the yeah what was the approach, so to say, with with structuring the songs and then um, creating the soundscapes of the songs? Yeah, so I guess like. Um... We just sort of, as much as, I mean, the, what, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus formula is absolutely perfect, but we just decided, like, just to make it sort of, like, exciting for ourselves and, you know, a challenge, I guess, to ourselves was just to just sort of make song structures a bit more interesting, I guess. Not for any purpose, but just, like, just to make it, I guess, interesting for ourselves because of maybe... Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because we spent so long on the road and we can understand how certain songs can can get boring. So I think like if you can if we can make the structures more interesting for ourselves, then we could probably have more enjoyment playing them live down the track and stuff. And yeah, I guess like that was like the challenge, I guess, that we set ourselves rather than like trying to make the actual music complex, I guess, like just make the structures more interesting. Now, now with this being uh, the second album, do, do you feel like you've uh, got the hang of it or, or whatever kind of uh, it means to be uh, a musician? I think I, I reckon, I don't know, like this, I don't know, I don't know how to explain this, but I once said, I can't wait for our third album. And that, and the person I said that to was like, why is that? And I was like, well, like, it's sort of like the third get night of a show. On the first night, you sort of make all these mistakes and you dust off the cobwebs. And then on the second night, when you're focusing on the mistakes that you made in the first night, you sort of make a few more mistakes. 
then by like the third night, you're just sort of not thinking about it and you just know how to do it. So I think like maybe one more album and we'll be able to have the hang of it. Final question then. Um, what do you hope? Because I, I think Australia did quite well during COVID, but I'm not sure uh, in terms of kind of cases and, and what you were able to do. But um, I don't know if you have played any of the new songs live, but what are your... Um, Expectations might not be the right word, but, but what do you hope uh, the live shows will be uh, once once they're possible again? I just want them to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to happen. <laughs> well, okay, um, let, let me ask it uh, slightly differently. Then, what what do you miss most about not being on stage? I miss all the like all the people and looking out and seeing like a bunch of different people, and they're all sweaty and they're they're all happy and they're angry and they're feeling stuff and just being in a room full of people that I don't know. And like just the human interaction, I just, just all of that stuff is really special. And yeah, I miss that. For, for somebody who is not a musician, uh, can you explain that a little bit kind of what it's like to, what goes through your mind when you're on stage? Are you very uh, conscious of, of, of the songs and what you're doing or is it kind of, uh, uh, yeah. It's I'm, it's mainly mostly out of body like I'm just like a pure just like vessel for energy and like I'm not really thinking that much at all and um yeah okay mm. for you Declan um I don't know like I've never driven like a race car or anything but like I'm, like when they're like they talk about like getting in the zone and they're like and they're like so almost like meditating it's sort of like that but like these guys are going like 300 kilometers an hour or 200 miles an hour and um yeah like it's sort of like they're sort of like within yourself you're sort of like meditating but there's so much like chaos going on around you it's like really awesome just seeing like the looks on some people's faces as well when you do some crazy things and they get like real big smiles and then you can't help but smile because you're like oh look i've made that person happy that's really nice mm. Well, one last question then. Which uh, show would you like to see uh, once once the world opens up again? Is there, is there any band you, you're dying to see live? I have sort of been checking out Turnstile a bit lately. I think it'd be <laughs> sick to see them. What? Nothing. <laughs> uh, why is that funny? Oh, no, it's just <laughs> nothing. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, I I would like to see Turnstile. I like my housemate's been blasting them, and I'm like, oh, fuck, there's actually pretty good music, and yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. you know, and you, Amy? Um, oh god, I don't know, but I honestly like there's this band from Sydney called Coffin. I've seen them a million times, but I'd just love to see them again. I just love seeing them play a lot. Well, let's let's hope that you get to do uh, so very soon, then. Uh, I hope so too. Amy Declan, uh, thanks a lot for taking the time uh, to talk with me, and I hope all goes well with the record, and that you get to to play on stage very soon. Thank you. You too. I hope you get to eat lots of food today. <laughs> I hope so. So I'm I'm very hungry now. So I'm gonna do right <laughs> after. <laughs> all right.